It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it's time for the Atlanta Football Party, only on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Atlanta Football Party, your home for the best Falcons football talk. It's local insight you can't get anywhere else, but right here at Locked On, I'm your host, Tanitra Batiste. Alongside me are Jarvis Davis, Aaron Freeman, and Tori McElhaney. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. And of course, the Atlanta Football Party is part of the Locked On Post- Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. Now, guys, a dub is a dub is a dub. We'll talk about whether we're confident or concerned about how the Falcons got to the 16-13 win over the Bucks on Sunday. We'll talk about Giganter doing the dirty bird again, and we'll talk about the three takeaways <laughs> with J.D. Free and Tori. So, Free, kick us off with your top takeaway from Sunday's win. Well, it's been a, a running theme on Lockdown Falcons the last couple of days. It's been a running theme on the postcast, and as well as this Atlanta football party the last couple of weeks, is the Falcons run game is finally working again uh, after a pretty down month. Uh, and that was, I think, a big part of their success on Sunday. We know that there were some issues with turning the ball over uh, yesterday, uh, but the Falcons' offense was very good at moving the football, running for 156 yards, even without B. John Robinson, who's been by far their most effective running back this year. And it, it looked like the offense of, of last year, where you know in that Week 18 game, the Falcons ran for 174 yards against the Bucks, primarily with Tyler Algier and CP. Uh, and so we got a, a nice dose of that. And it was nice to see this run game looking like the unit that was one of the top three units in the NFL last year. So uh, that was sort of my big takeaway. It's like it's nice to see this run game again. It's it's it's, it's been a, a month since I've seen this run game kind of dominate uh, a, a sort of opponent like that. And it was nice to see. And I like how you said that it, it sort of dominated, if you will. And that's kind of thing. It's it was bruising. It was like what we're accustomed to seeing. We're going to shove this down your mouth. We don't care if you load the box. We're still going to do it. And we're going to do it to the tune of 38 carries for 156 yards. And we're going to make you understand that this is who we are. This is our identity. We're comfortable with it. And I can remember Friday, I think it was, we we're talking on NFL kickoff live. And I said, I just want to see Tyler Algier. I just want to see him. I want to hear that name more because I think there's something there. And so what does he get? And granted, we know it was in part because Bijan was out um, with dealing with the headache there. But ultimately, I mean, 21 carries is 21 carries. Now, he may not get that when Bijan comes back, but I do think he's starting to show kind of, you know how we talk uh, two-headed monster normally? This is a three-headed. This is a good three-headed monster on the run, and we appreciate that. But Tori, with that 16-13 win, those numbers are kind of, you know, they, they don't, t- I don't think they tell the full story. And you called it. You said if you change one stat, that might change how you feel or how you see this win from yesterday. Yeah, something I wrote about this morning, just kind of looking back on the game itself, was the fact that, yeah, if you take away the turnovers, let's just take take the turnovers away. And I know, and this isn't excusing them, nothing I say here is excusing the turnovers. The Falcons have got to clean that up. They know that. They've said that. 
But if you take them away, this is a team that in the last three weeks has in totality accumulated over 400 total net yards of offense. And that's a stark difference, I think, from what they were the first few weeks. Mm-hmm. And to be able to do that consistently is really impressive. I, I even like looked at what the Miami Dolphins have done in the last three weeks. And the fact the the, the fact of the matter is is that the the Dolphins who have one of the most high powered offenses I think in the league right now and especially in the last three weeks even after the loss last night. But mm-hmm. The Falcons are outgaining the Dolphins in terms of total offensive yards that they've produced. But the difference in that is that the Dolphins have scored 90 points in the last three weeks. The Falcons have scored 53. And a lot of that is because Mm. these drives are ending in turnovers. The the Falcons are not getting points on the board. That has to be better. They were one for five in the red zone against Tampa Bay. They were one for five with goal to go three turnovers inside the 20 in the red zone that has to change. And if those things change, if the turnover, if the Falcons have a no turnover day, Mm -hmm. if if the offense takes care of the ball, I feel like I truly feel like we are having a very different discussion about who this Falcons team is. And I actually think that we would be having a conversation about how this offense is maybe one of the most fun, exciting, like interesting, Mm -hmm. intriguing offenses in the league to watch, which is exactly what they want to be. So again, it goes back to that one little turnover conversation, which isn't a little conversation, but it's just like that one piece. If they can get that one piece under control, I feel so different about what this team is in 2023. Yeah, because I feel like, Tori, the outcome of last night's game, a 31 to 17 win by the Eagles over the Dolphins, that that game, that Falcons Bucks game could have easily been 31 to 17, 35 to 17, 40 to I mean, name the, the number. It right. couldn't have easily been that. So the potential, like you said, is there to score and score at will on your opponents. If two things, I agree with you. One, if you take care of the ball, but also two, if you don't take care of the ball, do like the Eagles. When the defense gives it right back to you, you won't be turning it over again and again and again. You're going to make good on it with an actual score. And Jarvis, you said the Falcons defense. You liking that they're definitely coming, starting to become opportunistic. Yeah, like I really like the fact about, and like, you know me, I'm always going to be on the side of everything starts up front, whether it be talking about scoring points or, or put, um, put, um, putting people on the sidelines, putting people's offense on the sidelines, you know, three and out and all that stuff. So, uh, And I think that watching this game, going back and watching this game, like you really get an opportunity to see like the dominance up front, right? You know, like from David, starting with David on your model, like the dude, what he was able to do in this game, oh my gosh, like it was – I was literally watching the watching the film this morning. I was just like, oh, I was like a little kid in the candy store because this dude was just shocking the dude. He was holding him off with one arm, and then the running back was coming his way. He just grabbed him with the left arm, gave him a hug, and it was just like, oh man, what this is this is great. And you just see the strength. You see the reason why why the Falcons brought him in. Terry Fine brought, brought Terry Fine brought him in. You also see. Hey, that he did have something left in the tank because you know a lot of Saints fans, you know, they probably slick hating. Like, oh man, he ain't got nothing left in the tank anyway. It's all good. No, nah, the man got it's something there, and it's and he continue he continued to show it time and time again. And when you talk about you know whether it be you know uh, a young interior offensive line, Aaron and I talked about this on the on the on the on the um, locked on Falcons. 
Like how, hey, maybe they, they, those tackles are pretty doggone good, but hey, that interior offensive line, you might be able to take advantage of that. And to see the Falcons actually go out there and do that, and also um, Tori mentioned Mikael London before, before we got started. Mm-hmm. Solid game. Ta- Taquan Graham looked explosive. He was getting off the ball, like, and just working his hands. Like, I just love to see that stuff. And for the Falcons to do what they did up front, and which when they ended up forcing a turnover, you know, uh, with, with Nate Landman. That's Land. That's my name. That's that's. I know that's his name, but that's my nickname for him, Landman. Landman was out there, you know, collecting and doing his doggone thing. So yeah, I really feel I like what I saw on that defensive front. Just the Falcons just dominating up front, and, I, and it was just a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, and I think like you said, when you get to the point, guys, where you can plug and play. To me, that tells me that this Falcons defense has made it. Because like you all said, when we said uh, yesterday, even Tori, that initially there was when we heard that Troy Anderson would be out. Not anymore. Is there someone there? And Grady had a little injury there yesterday. No problem. That's when you know that Ryan Nielsen really has good pieces to work with. And you're not going to be at a point in place where you're like, oh, man, the one unit that keeps us going the defense they're the ones that keep us in the game oh so and so went down and you know what is that going to mean and if the secondary gets roughed up I mean AJ Terrell got kind of roughed up yesterday (laughs) um you know that now the front's got you like hey we're gonna put pressure so that that ball doesn't even get out of Baker Mayfield's hands or if it gets out of his hands it's coming in our hands so I love the fact that now they're also playing off of each other if there's like a weak spot or weakness in the defense on one side you've got people got players in other spaces that are taken taken out also you know can't forget that this is a defensive front that has been just superb in stopping the run I mean, no they, they have been yes. in what so ha, have very, very rarely have they given up more than 100 rushing yards in a, in a game this year. And I, I don't think they've given up in the last three games. I don't think they've given up more than 100 rushing yards. I don't they've only given up one rushing touchdown in all seven. That games. Was, that yeah, played this year. I mean, that that to me is just a, a wild stat. And it just goes to show you that, like, no matter who's in there. Because they're, they're rotating that defensive front all the time, yeah. that there's not a drop off from one unit to the next, and, and I, I think there's something to be said about what this team's doing. And it goes back to something I said in the very first episode that we did in week one. I was like, I want to see this defense stop the run better because against Carolina, that was a, a big point of emphasis. Is like, ah, they, I think they like average like over four yards a carry, and I was like, that number needs to go down. Well, here we are in week eight, starting week eight, and this defense it, at stopping the run is like, it, it, it's really something to see. It really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, it just, it gets better every week. It's fun to watch that. And that's, I think the other thing it's like, I'm now, and I love to, you know, watch offense, just like the next person, but being able to watch things happen on defense, like getting a stop or getting a turnover. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cool. And it's exciting because, as you guys know, if you are a long-suffering Falcons fan, we joke and say, now, when is the last time you had when, uh, when did you have a pass rush? Oh, you, you had one. Okay. But it's been like probably over a decade since anyone could really say, oh, Falcons have a pass rush. So, yeah, I think that probably, to your point, Tori, just to be able to make critical stops when you try to run the ball on them. I think it's it's really awesome. But, hey, we're going to talk about some of the things that we're confident in based on what we saw yesterday. And you guys know we do have a few concerns as well that we'll talk about. But 
Before we do that, Jarvis is going to tell you guys about eBay Motors. Listen up, guys. Jarvis Davis here for eBay Motors. This episode of ATL Football Party is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer. Vinny knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to fantasy football to bring you some of the best fantasy sports each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So here it is, folks. eBay's Guaranteed pick Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. This week, going with Texas rookie quarterback C. Dre Stroud has been on point as a pocket passer earlier this season, racking up the fantasy points with his passing while limiting the damage. So y'all saw against the Atlanta Falcons. He was out there slinging that tater. He was doing his doggone thing. So the Texans look like they got a running back. So he draws a shaky Panthers pass defense. Played them too. You know how shaky they can be. So they have, he's that's falling apart in recent weeks after facing bad quarterbacks early. The Panthers, oh, that's a little shot. Um, the Panthers have few answers for his key weapons in coverage, and Stroud will be comfortable to pick them apart for another strong fantasy passing performance. So make sure you guys check out CJ Stroud. Oh my God. All right, here we go, folks. Now. All seriousness, though. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. The same goes with your vehicle, folks. I'm telling you, eBay Motors is a place that you need to trust because they have everything that you absolutely need. And with over 122 million parts for your rider, your number one rider die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. From brake kits, LED headlights, the roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. I promise you, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you getting your money back. Who's doing that? Who's guaranteeing all that stuff right now with inflation and all that stuff going on? So, yeah, I need you to head over to ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, guys. We saw a lot in that game yesterday that we were confident about, but we saw some things that concerned us as well. So, Tori, I want to start with you. Obviously, 16 to 13, a win is a win. First win on the road this year, first win on the road in over a year. But sole possession of first place in the NFC South. So you think all is right with the world, but you do dig a little deeper and there are some things there. So, okay, Tori, real talk. Desmond Ritter didn't have any interceptions right however the fingers the hands kind of not sticky fingers right (laughs) they really wish they were sticky fingers but it was a kind of a tough day and I kind of called it bookends because to be fair he starts the game off with a two-yard run for a touchdown right to end the game he hits Kyle Pitts for a 39-yard strike to put Young Leku in position to be able to hit the 51-yard field goal. So there were some good things. We saw him throw the ball out of the end zone, a thing that he could have and should have done even last week. And the numbers you know, are still pretty solid, 19 of 25, so he didn't have to throw over the top for 250 yards. And, of course, um, six carries for 38. But, Tori, it's like you said in the last segment. We're not excusing the turnovers and we're not saying they didn't happen. We're trying to look at it objectively and say, okay, are we concerned about maybe two of the turnovers? Because I know there's one that you could probably kind of lean um, that. Football play. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, You can't really give him. So we'll take one of those away, but the other two, how concerned were you about those and kind of, 
feeling like, okay, I'm confident in him, but this is still concerning to me. Yeah, I think it's both of those things can be true at the exact same time. I think it's the something that I even tweeted. It's the I tweeted. I was like, this is the dichotomy of Desmond Ritter that he he was so, he's so good in getting the ball downfield, hitting his targets, and making sure and keeping things on schedule. And there weren't any miscommunication issues that the Falcons had that didn't linger into this week. So you, you fix things there again, this he's leading an offense that for the last three weeks, like I said, in the last segment has over 400 yards of total offense. I mean, that is, he's a huge role in that, but again, there are the turnovers. There are six turnovers to his name in the last two weeks. And I, I say the dichotomy of Desmond Ritter, but I'll, I'll go a step further. I think this is the dichotomy of a young quarterback. Yeah. How, how much of this is, okay, these growing pains that you are watching him go through. And I think something that Arthur Smith said that I do think kind of does ring true on Monday, he was like, you know, he, he came out early in the game against Tampa and he wasn't hesitant after throwing three interceptions the week before he wasn't hesitant he, he was slinging the ball downfield. He wanted to get the, the pass catchers involved. And, you know, I, I, I think there's something, something to be said about that. I also think there's something to be said that I do believe that when Arthur Smith says that Desmond Ritter isn't making a lot of the same mistakes over and over again, that that's a good sign too. And, you know, you, you want to be hopeful because this is a, a, a quarterback that, you know, the Falcons drafted, you want to see a guy develop, but it's like, how long do you give someone to, to develop? And I, I'm not ready. I know a lot of people are like just out on, on Des, but I'm not one of those people. I think that there is something here. I think he's shown us in the last three weeks that there is something here. You clean up this one thing, you clean up taking care of the ball. And I do think, again, it goes back to exactly what I was saying. I feel like you feel different. You feel differently about Desmond Ritter. You feel differently about this offense. And, and that's kind of where I'm at. So I do think you can be concerned and confident at the exact same time when it comes to this overall conversation about a young quarterback. Indeed, indeed. And I thought to myself, maybe Desmond Ritter can kind of go into the running back room, right? And kind of become one of those guys for a couple of days because, you know, they're kind of the good hands people on some level or even the good hands people on special teams because some of that is rhythm. Some of that is timing. And I think with the decision-making that he made driving that team down the field multiple times, you can at least see something, like you said, that you're confident in enough to where you don't have to turn away from him now and say, hey, we're just going to kind of move on. So I think that's a, a good point. And then you look at the fact that the Falcons, we, we talked about it. It was Aaron's takeaway. that They finally got back to, as I like to call it, staring down the barrel of a loaded gun. Didn't matter whether you, the Bucks were uh, stacking the box, eight men. They don't care. They're going to run the ball. They're going to do. They're going to impose their will. And I really, really loved seeing that because that is the the core of who this Falcons team is. Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, of course, got the bulk of those yards. Uh, now I'm going to ask you a two parter, Jarvis. Why do mm -hmm. you think the Falcons were able to get right in the run game again? And not gonna blaspheme and say it's because they didn't have Bijan Robinson in there, not at all. But I am gonna ask if you are concerned about like, did it make you scratch your head or concerned? Like, wow, they were really good without him. So, two parter for you. Well, I think the first part of that is I really like how they were able to st stick with the run game, right? Because, like, this is a good front, 
Like, this is not, like, you're sitting here wondering, like, man, why, why was it so hard for them to run the football? Because the, the, the defensive line for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is deep, and they are playing really well. Like, Kalaja Kansi, you know, Peter Lump, you know, there you go, Aaron, um, was out there putting that work. Like, he and Matthew Bergeron were going at it. And Kansi I mean, um, was able to take advantage of him on, on a couple of occasions. So, you just – but you appreciate, though – how those guys were able to battle and, and continue to stick with it. And we, and it was cool to see Cordero Patterson out there running. I was like, oh man, that was a dude they brought in in 2021. Like, yeah, you oh, missed that. It was so, it was so cool to see that. Like he looked healthy and that's the, you know, that's the main, main thing that I, that I was, you know, obviously being concerned about, you know, uh, to start the season. So for, for, to see him come out and do like he did and to see them come out and give him the rock in that time in the fourth quarter, when they're trying to, you know, get down the field and, and, and kick the game winning field goal, I just thought it was really cool to see. As far as the Bijan Robinson piece, I kind of joked, you know, uh, early on in the game. I was like, hey, the Falcons aren't going to be obvious now, <laughs> you know, because it seems like, hey, when Bijan Robinson is in the game, they're going to give him the ball. Like, it's just whether it's going to be a screen or they're going to turn around and hand off to him. And I think that, you know, the Falcons have been able to use that to their advantage in, 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 in games. You know, specifically, you know, uh, last weekend um, and the week before last as well. So you just think about it from a standpoint of, yeah, it was one weapon that you didn't have and you would prefer it not be Bajon Robinson because he's the guy, like he's a sexy piece that the Falcons brought in to take this offense to the next level. So you would prefer not to not have to deal with that. But at the end of the day, look at the piece that we've been talking about. And Tori touched on this as well. Or until you had touched on it as well. Like in the past, when the Falcons have had injuries or people go down unexpectedly, it's always been an issue in the game. Like be thankful that it wasn't an issue that Bajon Robinson went down. They were able to still get the job done. They were able to still be have some success running the football. So because that's that's what team building is all about. Like we understand, like, hey, first round draft picks, all that, all that stuff, cool. But if you're able to hit on fifth round draft picks, guys who've been cast off as bust, you know, in, in the NFL as a wide receiver, like, if you're able to do that and put those guys on the same team, it doesn't matter who gets hurt. And that's when you really start talking about that next man up mentality. So true, so very true. I, I really that that was something that. Um, I kind of smiled about, and of course I said that with tongue in cheek with Bijan because people had the audacity and the unmitigated gall to point it out like, ooh, look what they did without him. Uh, you're kind of just looking at it from a service perspective if that's what you think, you know, it, if that's what you think led to them actually getting that run game back. But you were going to say something, Jarvis? No, I'm just going to say, um, Aaron, I don't know if you remember this, after the, um, after the uh, we had finished up with the postcast, they were talking about on somebody announcer on TV said that hey the Falcons office is better without Bajan Robinson. Oh, I was just like, yeah, yeah Tori. Literally, like, we were in like, both like, what? Yeah, I, I was like, lost, what are we talking about? I would have lost my mind <laughs> yeah. because I would have been like, are you for real? Like, right. Bajan's about? one of the best athletes I've ever seen live yes. in person, and yeah. I know I've seen Come a lot on. of really good ones. Like oh, no. what he does, what he can do on the field, especially, and you're not going to replicate that with anybody. To say that is a wild concept. So yeah, wild. I mean, it was almost like if you were on, be serious about. It too media. like and not yeah, joking you said it no, seriously. Was serious. like yeah if you were on social <laughs> media it'd be like okay clickbait 
Like you're looking right. for likes because that yeah, makes absolutely on, no sense. But that's why I said, you know, dare I blaspheme? <laughs> because of course I was being very facetious and tongue in cheek with that because no, that offense, yes, it is built as a running offense. It's built from the ground, but it is also built from positionless football. And week after week, the Falcons are showing you what they mean by positionless football and being able to put a Bijan Robinson, a Cordero Patterson, a Tyler Algier in any situation that they and they can catch a ball and move the chains for this team. So, yeah, of course, being tongue in cheek with that, Aaron, did this team show you that they're more learning to win? Are you confident about that or are you or your expectations that this team should already know how to win at this point in the season? Where are you with that? Um, I'm I'm kind of dancing in the middle of those two things because like <laughs> I I think it's it's still early enough in the season and and how young this team is, especially on the offensive side of the ball, that like I don't expect them to be the fully formed, complete version of this offense that like I'm envisioning this team that Tori's talking about where they're putting 400 yards a game, no turnovers, dropping 30 burgers on everybody, but that's probably a couple of weeks away. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I feel like they're getting there, but at the same time, I do think they're, they, you know, they should be scoring more than 16 points in yeah. games like this. Right. Yeah. So it's like, Indeed. they should be further along than they are, but I don't think they should be like the fully formed version of what they are. So I'm kind of, in this place of like sort of halfway between those two points. And we'll go back to Aaron being in the middle and dancing in that next, you know, in our rapid fire. Like what type of dance you doing, Aaron? Like, yeah, we're, yeah, about we're that. talking about what we just said. So hold your horses and wait to see what he has to say. Hang tight because Jarvis is going to tell you guys first about FanDuel and subtext. And then we're going to see exactly what Free is talking about with this whole dance thing he's got going on. Folks, Jarvis Davis here for FanDuel.com. Oh, not LinkedIn, FanDuel. I'm talking about FanDuel, not LinkedIn. What are you doing, Jarvis? FanDuel, FanDuel.com. Yes, that's the website you need to go to. Slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Because it is the number one sports book in America. Folks, if you have not gone to their website, if you have not used FanDuel, that means you're a new customer. So I need you to listen up. You get $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Jarvis, what is a a bonus bet? That is stuff, money that you can use to make bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. I'm telling you guys, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action right now because guess what? They got the $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you drop $5. That's all it takes, guys, $5 to get $200 $200 and bonus bets. I'm telling you, the app is super safe. It's super easy to use. You're not worried about anybody getting all your information or anything to that. That You don't have to worry about all that. I'm telling you, don't worry about it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to go to FanDuel because it is the official sportsbook betting partner of the NFL. Join the Locked On Sports Atlanta Insiders where you get breaking news, the inside scoop, and exclusive content delivered directly to your phone. Plus, you get a one-on-one conversation with your boy, me. Yes, one-on-one with Jarvis. Yes, I'm telling you, one-on-one with me. And for all the people that join, I got a special, special thing for you. All 22 review. 
I'm telling you, you don't want to miss it. I'm giving you all the insight so you can be a part of the Locked On Sports Atlanta Insider. Sound like a good deal? Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Sports Atlanta. That's joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Sports Atlanta and become a Locked On Sports Atlanta Insider today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, a little rapid fire to wrap us up. And before we talk about the dance, let's, well, you know what? We are going to be talking about the dance, the Gigantor. <laughs> the Gigantor went off again. He got 101st, his 101st second. Why not? Why not just do a little dance and, you know, celebrate that too? But it was the word, like the Gigantor. So because, funny. Sorry, go back to. Go back to the first time you met him, the first time you physically saw him. Like, I literally was like this. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's great. I have a, a feature story that's going to be coming out later this week on okay. uh, Campbell's 100 sacks, kind of looking at his sack history. And it's just so what he's been able to do over the course of his career. I know we talked about it last last week was so, you know, it's so poignant and, and so impressive. But the funniest thing was to get the post-game transcripts and to see <laughs> – Baker Mayfield just completely deadpan, just go, yeah, you know, and then you have Gigantor, Clayus Campbell, just coming off the edge, and you just don't know really what to do. And it's just like, it was my favorite, it was my favorite thing. It was so funny. I like even I screenshot the whole quote yes. and sent it out. That's like, how I found out about it because you screenshot it. I was, I was like, like I, I have, I have to. I, everyone needs to see that Baker Mayfield called Clayus Campbell Gigantor because it's just the funniest thing. Yeah, and it just takes me back to the first time I saw him. And you know, you try to like just look ahead or you kind of look at the player, ask your Q and A when you got the opportunity. But I got to admit, I was like. Lord, like, like, here you go. Here's my mic. Yeah, like, I just, <laughs> like, yeah, here, here, man. It's just, it almost kind of reminds you, uh, T. It, it almost kind of reminds you of uh, when uh, Cam Newton called uh, Indomitian Sue Donkey Kong Sue. Like, that's how you know a, a player has an effect on a guy. If you give him a nickname right there in the more heat of the moment, it's just like, yeah, yeah, you're gonna be drink, you're gonna be having nightmares about this man. Exactly. And just to see that he's still so physically fit and able yeah. to impose his will like that, it was just a really good thing to see. And I don't know about you guys, but I was thinking, yeah, that's the same energy you want to see for the rest of the season from this defense, the energy of having fun with what you're doing, imposing your will. And even when something doesn't go quite right on that, on this particular play, you're coming right back at them. Right. Yeah. For, for like, I think people understand, like he's playing defensive end at yeah. six, eight, over 300 pounds. And he's smooth with it. And he's smooth and he's, and he's standing up in a two point stance. I'm sitting up like, I promise you, like, I think it was maybe like the first series and he, I saw him standing at two points. I was like, man, get your butt down the stands. Because, you know, that's what my coach would tell me. He's like, because, you know, I thought I was an edge rusher. You know, I'm like, no, I'm 6'5", 300, over 300, well over 300 pounds. Like, get your butt down in the, two, in the stands and, and, and play some football. But, yeah, like, for him to be able to say, you know what, shut up, Jarvis. I know what I'm doing. I can do this. Yeah, that is – I think, like, you really have to understand, like, you're not supposed to be able to do that at that size. I'm sorry. Like – 
play defensive end in the NFL? Like, no, it's not supposed to happen like that. So, yeah, Baker Mayfield understands that, and that's why he gave him that nickname. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. And going back to what Aaron was talking about as far as the dance and whether or not we think that the Falcons are kind of still in their learning process or where they should kind of be, we talked about our impressions of them through, like, the first three games and now, of course, uh, excuse me, the first six games. Now, of course, we're talking first seven. Now, next up, Titans-Vikings. Cardinals, they get a bye, Saints and the Jets. What do you guys feel like, Aaron? What's the Falcons record? And are they, you know, learning and dancing? But what's the Falcons record? And kind of what do you see as next level during this stretch for them? Yeah, th- this is this is the part of the season where this team should start to grow, right? Because yep. it's like you go back to last year, week eight, four and four, first place in the NFC South. Yeah. This year, week seven, four and three, first place in the NFC South. And we were all, you know, dancing, so to speak, last year at that <laughs> point, thinking, oh, this is the easy stretch of our season. Yeah. We're going to w- rack up some wins and, and everything's going to be great. And so you kind of look at these next five games and you say, I think all five of these games are winnable games. I think all five of these games sitting here today, we'll see how it plays out, that the Falcons should be favored in all five of these games. And so realistically, you could see the team going five and oh. But because I've sort of seen the story play out before, like I'm like, okay, I need to see it first before I buy that. But I certainly think the Falcons should absolutely win the majority of these games in, in terms of running the table and going 5-0. and You know, I'm, I'm not going to buy that yet because the Falcons always Falcon at some point. So they'll <laughs> slip up against somebody they have no business slipping up again because it's just the way this team is. But like if they can get to 4-1 and one or 3-2 and two at this stretch – you know, I think that's going to really put them in a very favorable situation down the stretch with a lot of divisional games and a couple of road games as well. So if they can show that they can be effective on the road like they did on Sunday, like there's a lot of things that they can prove over these next five games that I think will pay off for them down the stretch. And and we'll be talking about this team playing meaningful games in January, you know, in a couple of months, as opposed to, uh, you know, where we have been in the past where it's like everything's looking great. you know ahead but then things kind of derail so this is going to be an important stretch for them I also think during that stretch just to add I think when you look at that Saints game it almost Mm -hmm. feels like you could lose like you could lose a couple of those other ones but if you lose that Saints game it feels differently like that (laughs) singular game kind of feels like oh if you win that you win it feels like you get two back instead of just one win back (laughs) I will agree as the the native New Orleanian, it goes the same way. Like, yeah, that feels like two wins all the time. And to just piggyback onto what you guys said, if Tampa, at least from what it looks like today, is the chief competitor for winning the division, they've got a little bit of a tougher stretch. They've got Bills, Texans, Titans, 49ers, Colts, and Panthers in that same stretch. I don't see that as a 6-0, and 5-0 and type of stretch for them. I don't even know if they're going to go 3-3 three and three in that stretch, to be honest. So this is also an opportunity for the Falcons to kind of put some space between themselves and the Bucks. Yeah, I think these next few games are going to be really interesting to watch because, like, I love what I've been seeing, like, from the development of the defense because, like, like coming out of last week, you know, the, uh, coming out of that Commanders game, the defense talked about how the emphasis has been on turn, get, turning teams over, turning the football over, and going through that. We've seen the sacks start to come around, right? Because at the beginning of the year, they were close. They were pressuring. They were pressuring the quarterback, and they were just had to do whatever they need to do to be able to get home. And they, we're starting to see them get home, and they, these sacks coming in bunches. That's what everybody always says. But it never seemed to be true for the Falcons, but it has been true this year. So I think that – for them to say put an emphasis on something and, and actually go out there and execute and then turn teams over, 
yeah, this is going this next this five game stretch like um like Aaron mentioned, this is going to be very very interesting, and I'm interested to see what this defense can get to in these next in this on um, next stretch. Also, think about it this way too: this defense, every time they've said they want to get better at something, they get better at something. They they legit said before the Commanders game, they're like, we need more sacks. They went out and got five before this past game against Tampa Bay. We need more turnovers. They got two. I mean, every they are in terms of like trusting this defense to do what they say they're gonna do. I have no reason not to. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed, indeed. What Tori, Aaron, and Jarvis said on the defense. Love what we're seeing and can't wait to talk about it again next week. We appreciate you guys stopping by the Atlanta football party, your home for the best Atlanta Falcons football talk in this city. The party continues on Tuesday where we'll talk dogs on the Atlanta football party. Until then, take care. And, of course, we want to see you back tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.